Hey everyone, welcome to the Janus Connected Podcast, your source for exclusive interviews with the self-storage industry's movers and shakers. I'm your host, Rachel Dempsey, and this is the place where you'll find the latest news on technology advancements within self-storage, advice for new operators, and tips that even the most seasoned decision makers can find helpful. We hope you enjoy. Our guest today is an experienced self-storage industry expert, and he's also part of the Janus family. Brock Hughes has been working in the industry for over 15 years and currently serves as the vice president of our R3 Restore, Rebuild, Replace division. We're so excited to talk to Rock today and get his insight on conversions, door replacements, and helpful tips for owners and operators. So Rock, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Rachel. All right, so let's jump on in. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your career in the self-storage industry? Absolutely. I've been in the self-storage industry now for actually just over 18 years, but who's counting, right? <laughs> um, not only as a, a as a supplier to the industry of components, but also as a self-storage owner um, for about six years. So I've been fortunate enough to travel basically all over the world selling self-storage components. And although self-storage is, is a, uh, a pretty simple concept, it's still done widely differently all across the world. So hopefully that gives you a little bit about myself. Awesome. So the Janus R3 program is really multifaceted and conversions are a big part of what the program does. So can you walk us through a conversion from start to finish? Sure. Conversions, and and we live in a very cyclical world in the self-storage industry. You know, one minute, you know, new construction is very, very, uh, in demand in the next moment you have conversions and, and the number one key to conversions is location, location, location. Um, you've got to right now, for instance, in the industry, a lot of people are looking for big boxes, targets, Walmarts, Kmarts, Toys R Us's, a lot of the big box brands that have recently <clears throat> either, either moved location or gone a different direction for numerous reasons, whatever the case may be. But that is, probably conversions is is very hot right now in the industry um new construction is still doing uh, relatively well um but as i said in our cyclical environment we will see that you know conversions tend to head a little north you know construction goes a little south so on and so forth uh for the next few years but conversions it all it's all about location it's all about visibility you know do i have the right location can you see me, you know, for all the cars that are passing by, is it a good location where visibility is, is key? You know, um, in a lot of cases, people say, well, I just have property, you know, and I'm going to put a building on it or I already own a building. Well, the first question I always try to ask is, well, have you done, you know, a market study? Have you done a feasibility study? How do you know it's going to work? How do you know it's the right decision? How do you know that you're not, you know, making a bad decision and possibly, you know, spending millions of dollars and you didn't do your homework on the front end? So doing your homework on the front end is is key to really any real estate asset. Um, But as we've seen in conversions, you really should do a market study feasibility. Um, Take your own personal bias out of it and have, you know, one of the industry experts come in and just give you some food for thought just so that you're – comfortable and and whatever that final decision may be whether you move forward or you don't taking your personal bias out of it and just having that 
comfort that knowing that, hey, I've done everything I can possibly do. I've crossed every T, dotted every I. Look for any types of environmental issues or building issues, whatever it may be. So it's really important to understand that doing a feasibility study on the front end can save you tons of headache, tons of money, and helping you in making the right educated decision for your business. So um, starting in conversions, you know, a lot of people say, well, that's the easiest way to get into self-storage, and it can be. Um, but once again, I always go back to just do the feasibility uh, check for your fee, uh, check for your visibility of the store. What all is it going to take to to bring it up to fruition so that you can start renting units? Those types of things. Now, if you start getting into environmental issues, um, other things like that, you would want to bring in an expert and hopefully, you know, mitigate or minimize any types of issues going forward. But turn into the ex- experts and really listening to you know a, a, an unbiased opinion. Um, is really a good way to get started uh, as far as doing conversions. So let's say someone went through and they did a feasibility study, everything's checking off the boxes, no environmental issues. What would they do next? Would they um, would they kind of contact someone and just start going down the checklist, or what would you say? Yeah, I, I would say at that point, you know, I would contact, you know, somebody, you know, like one of our Janus reps, and you know if you've already got a, a site layout based off what your feasibility studies telling you or maybe sometimes you don't even know um, either turn to us or a local architect it all depends on your local jurisdiction what you have what you have to do uh, from a local perspective do you have to have an architectural drawing do you have to submit MEPs mechanical electrical and plumbing drawings that sort of thing once you have a good idea of a unit mix, and even if you don't, you know, I would turn to the experts here at Janus, you know, or a local architect, and based on your demographic and based on your competition as to what type of unit mix is needed for that specific location, that's where we come into play because um, we have a whole team that can actually uh, take it and based on our previous experience with the local areas all across the country, you know, we can kind of come into a, we can back into a, a very diverse, a very diverse um, unit mix that'll probably be very helpful for your business. And it's all kind of mix and match. If there's something that a customer doesn't like or doesn't feel comfortable with, you know, for instance, if you're in a military town, you know, a lot of times we do larger type units, uh, 10 by 10s all the way up to 10 by 20s. Sometimes in college towns, we may do some smaller type unit mixes, 5 by 5s, 5 by 10s, and 10 by 10s, so on and so forth. So it's really turning to the to the local experts and, and finding out what's the right unit mix. And at that point, we can plug and play. We can look at different options. And, and keep in mind, you know, our system is is – temporary structure meaning that it can be uh actually changed out if if somebody's got 10 by 10s or 20 by 20 or 10 by 20s that back up to one another and they're just not renting you know it's movable partition so you're not stuck whereas you would be if you just went into a you know a high-rise uh hotel or something like that and tried to convert that you know you're you're kind of limited as to what you can do but doing a conversion you know, one of these big box brands and just basically going in and 
looking at all the different options and trying to make it as efficient as possible because you're going to lose probably somewhere around 20 to 30 percent due to bathrooms, offices, hallways. So you have to take all of that stuff into consideration as well um, to come up with the best unit mix possible. So along those same lines, can you walk us through a door replacement project from start to finish? Sure. Uh, door replacement projects uh, are, are very simple. Uh, we typically uh, encourage any and all customers for facilities that are 15 plus years old that could have any type of security or safety concerns at their facility, especially when it pertains to doors. We do the entire process turnkey from start to finish. Once there, once there's a request being made, we submit that internally. It gets uh, it gets logged and basically sent out to the the local field tech who basically handles the specific geographical area um, that they need to go to to survey the the facility. So once they get that information, then they go out, they do the site visit and they check for any kind of uh, unforeseen conditions. Uh, Once they're done making their uh, site visit evaluation, then they basically turn that into a field report. The field report at that point gets turned over to the estimator to start processing a proposal. Um, At that point, you know, basically they're going to include materials, freight, tax, the security aspect uh, of doing the job. Once that's completed, then we actually turn that over to or send that over to the customer. Um, once uh, the customer agrees, then we basically, you know, put it in the system or the material, uh, line up installers, line up security. Um, we also provide a, a letter, a template for the customer to use that they can actually send out to their tenants, basically making them aware that we will be on site in about 30 to 45 days if they would like to attend. Um, from the sure standpoint of we were going to be having to move tenants' goods in and out of units so they have the right to be there if they would like to attend. If not, please stop by the office and pick up your new set of keys next time you're on site at the facility. So that kind of gives you a complete start to finish, um, you know, uh, of how we do the door replacement process. And a lot of our insurance companies within the industry now recognize that there is a, a value add to facilities that do door replacements. So they are offering, you know, um, sometimes even double digit discounts um, for facilities. Um, now that may not sound like a ton, but when you do the, the cap rate over, you know, 10, 20 years, that's, that's quite a savings for, for the, uh, uh, for doing door replacements. Um, and if there's ever a question, uh, you know, we do have plenty of resources we can get you in touch with that would actually lay it out for you and basically define what that discounting schedule would be, um, you know, for doing door replacements. We also, you know, have a have a, uh, a resource when it pertains to doing cost segregation because a, a lot of times customers, you know, they – have an older site, they want to do it, they're sitting on mounds of cash, they just don't know if it's, you know, a, a value add to their facility. And we have cost segregation experts, and I'm sure you're going to do, a, do a, a blog or a topic on that at some point. But it's really important to get in touch with these experts, and, and we can provide those resources. 
and we can lay it out, whether it's insurance or even cost segregation, to show you how you might turn a $2 million facility into a $3 million facility by just, you know, doing these value-added things, door replacements, to uh, remixing unoccupied units, to uh, taking an older uh, site and basically refacing it, uh, giving it a fresh new look by adding metal panels or metal components um, to the site as well. It just, all of these different things really give you a value add. And at the end of the day, they really make your facility, you know, worth a lot more money. Awesome. Thank you for that. So my next question, um, you know, kind of a more general construction um, type of lane. So we all know that the construction industry is just like any other industry. There are hiccups, there are bumps. You've seen in your career, I'm sure so many projects that, you know, just things pop up. So in your experience, what are the most common causes of construction delays that can be avoided? Um, well, I don't know if you can really ever avoid everything a hundred percent, but some of the, some of the big ones are, you know, uh, permitting issues, um, that cause a lot of construction delays. Um, sometimes you get them back really quick. Sometimes it may take six, eight months to possibly a year to get a permit to begin work. Other issues, um, environmental issues that I touched on earlier, um, sometimes, you see from the outside what's there, but without digging a little further into, you know, the history of a site or the history of a building that you may want to convert. Sometimes you just don't know any types of environmental issues until you have an, an industry expert or an expert come out and say, oh, well, you know, everything looks good here, but did you know this used to be so on and so forth? So, you know, you really have to do your due, due diligence on the front end. Um, you know, for example, when, when I built my site, uh, you know, we took into consideration that we may, we were building a two story building, um, and we were going to have to dig down six or eight feet, um, you know, because of, uh, rock conditions. So when doing that, you know, we, we couldn't get down as far as we were cause we kept running into rock. Well, at that point we had to blast. So that's, that's environmental type stuff. Uh, uh, water runoff, um, those types of things. All right. So my next question, um, so kind of, uh, steering back into conversions, what steps need to be taken to avoid certificate of occupancy delays for converted spaces? Well, for, to get your CFO, um, uh, there's a lot of potential delays. It could be um, fire. Um, do you meet all the code requirements for fire, uh, HVAC, uh, plumbing, mechanical? Um, all of those things have to be taken into consideration uh, and approved by your local code official uh, before you can move forward. Um, so those are probably the, the biggest. Uh, and outside of construction delays, that's another one. Um, but a lot of times you can get things to a certain point and you, you can get your CFO, even though a few small items, you know, whether it's installing a few additional units or whatever, or whatever the case may be, um, you can still get most of that stuff done. Um, but I would do your due diligence on the front end and always try to stay ahead of the curve, always bringing the inspector back and, you know, try to meet the deadlines that, that are set and 
that way you hopefully minimize any types of delays whether it has to deal with construction um in order to get that cfo sooner than later so that you can start writing uh, start renting units all right and uh, what are some site selection pro tips? I know you talked about the importance of location earlier, but do you have any others that you could give us? Site selection pro tips. Um, <clears throat> well, today there's approximately just a little over 60,000 facilities in the U.S. So, you know, the, the A and B sites, you know, nowadays are uh, have already been gobbled up or, you know, they're few and far between. So we're seeing a lot of the C and D, and, and it doesn't mean they're bad sites. It just means that they're not in the more dense populated areas. Um, but I've seen a, a pretty good focus on those over the last several years um, because it, it might be easier to get a permit. You know, it it, it might be easier to get things done um, as far as construction. You know, there are benefits to finding those C and D locations. You may not get the top dollar value per square foot that you would on an A or B site. However, you know, storage is needed everywhere. So finding these, you know, uh, small little gold mines outside of the A and B locations, you know, I think that's really important, you know, to our continued growth within our industry. Um, and I, and I think we're starting to see a lot more of that. Um, or, you know, the conversion type aspect, if you, if you go back to that, um, if you can find some of those AB sites uh, for conversion opportunities, either big boxes, chains, um, whatever the case may be, you know, those are still great avenues uh, for getting into self-storage and looking, you know, at going the conversion route. I've, I've said it a hundred million times, you know, and in my experience, I would say that probably doing a conversion is the easiest way into getting into self-storage. Um, with new construction, you just have to, uh, you got to have architects, you got to have general contractors and that's all great. Um, it's all fine and dandy. However, those sites are getting harder and harder to find, especially now that we've got over 60,000 facilities in the United States, approximately over 60,000. And the way that our industry has, has, um, increased over the last five years, as far as facilities, it's, conversions definitely today are are definitely worth looking at for sure well rock thank you again so much for your time and taking a section out of your busy schedule to talk with us uh so how can people get in touch with you if they have any questions about anything simply r hughes at janus j-a-n-u-s-i-n-t-l dot com or they can definitely reach me by cell at 678-409-1831. I'm available anytime. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much and have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you.